thank you for joining me for another episode of the Print Life Podcast. I'm super excited to introduce you to our interview for today. I'm going to be chatting with Jack Slade, owner and creative director of Jack Slade Print Studio. Jack is from Sydney, Australia, and has been running her own print design studio and business for about three years now. Graphic designer turned surface pattern designer, she's definitely an inspiration to many of us. A one-woman run business wearing all the hats and doing all of the things, and if you're like me, you may follow her on social and wonder how she gets it all done. A contributing studio at the print book, a trend editor at the Trend Portal by White Buffalo Studio, and a member of our Print Life family. She's just a lovely human, so join me in welcoming today, Jack Slade. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for joining me today. I'm so excited to chat with you. Hi, Leslie. It's great to be here. Very exciting. Yay. I've been really looking forward to this interview. Um, I'm really excited to share a little bit about your background and some tips and advice that you might have for other print designers in the industry. So I want to start with asking you because I know a lot about you. I know a lot about your work. Um, I've been following you for a while, but I'm curious what brought you into the world of print design. Okay, well, I am actually a graphic designer and I started graphic design straight out of university. Um, That's what I studied and that was like 20 odd years ago now, so that's a while. Um, And I've worked in that for probably 12 years or more, 14 years. Um, And then I had kids. Um, Yeah, so I was working in the city in Sydney and um, had my first child and we're living in a little two-bedroom flat and he was, I'd gone back to work three days a week in the in-house studio where I was working and it was hard, you know, he got sick a lot, a lot. He was a really sick baby and um, I had to keep asking the in-laws to help. Um, I had to keep going into work. Um, My wage was the one paying the mortgage, usual story. So we decided to... um, moved back up to about an hour and a half away out of the city where we could buy a house and we could be closer to our families. And that was the start of freelancing. And that would be about 10 years ago now. And I started freelancing. I gained a little um, group of lovely little graphic design clients. Um, Yeah, and I was doing that quite happily until probably about three or four years ago when uh, one of my friends said, I'm doing this surface design gig. And it's really good and I think you'd be really good at it. You've always talked about, you know, Florence Broadhurst and, you know, patterns and wallpapers and I used to always talk about it when we used to work together in the studio and she goes, I've just started this and I think you'd really like it. And she just put me onto some courses and from then I started getting hooked and I took course after course and I was still had my freelance clients. And then I said, oh, okay, well, how about I throw some patterns up in Pattern Bank? And that was, you know, my goal for like, I think it was about 2018. And then within a day I'd sold a few patterns and I was like, oh, and I didn't have to talk to, I didn't have to do anything. Like I just put a pattern up there and in the end I, money was started to come in and I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. But I still didn't take it very seriously and I didn't really know what I was doing and I knew nothing about what market I was trying to design for. I just wanted to put things out in the world that I liked. Yeah, and that, I guess that's what got it started. And since then the, I guess the little snowball started rolling. I, I started an Instagram account and 
um, slowly started started not taking on any more graphic design clients because I decided I don't want to do that anymore. It wasn't filling me with any kind of love or joy. I was just doing jobs which, you know, brought in a bit of money to help, you know, the family income kind of thing. Yeah, so um, I guess then 2020 hit and I had to make a decision. So uh, a lot of my clients I was working for no longer well, they didn't. They were doing events, and I was doing posters and signage and all sorts of that sort of graphic design work, which wasn't needed because no events were happening, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to make a decision. So I guess I that was a real turning point of like, okay, now I'm taking it seriously, and it's going to be a business. That's so, so yeah. exciting. Yeah. So it's so interesting to me how many designers I speak with that. Um, find a lot of like quick success in the industry, have a graphic design background. Um, And I think that that really plays into like understanding layout. Would you find that you pull a lot of that graphic design knowledge over, not just in knowing the programs, but really kind of in the way that you see layout and the way that you see space and the way you use color and things like that? Yeah, look, I think all that experience is already there. I mean, I know Adobe programs backwards, so I'm fast. I was always fast then and I'm fast in what I do now. Um, And I guess colours always there. Though I'd say more so colours becoming, I think, better than it was Um, because, I mean, you focused a lot on typography and so forth in a graphic design sort of platform. But for prints, it's it's more really colour can you know make or break a design so fast Um, absolutely yeah so I think all those skills from graphic design help and you naturally know brands so like I mean all the things that I've been you know learning in the courses and so forth or hearing about stuff that you already know for me it was a natural I already had a branding and style um, that I sort of stuck to so when I sort of created a website well I used to build websites so you know that skill and you know, you naturally know what you need as a as a brand for yourself to, mm-hmm. to keep it building. So I think um, it creates an identity quite quickly because I've already got those skills there. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. That's really interesting um, that you do it for other people for so long that you do eventually find what you love and your identity will peek through whether you're doing work for clients for so long. Now that you're doing your own thing, it kind of just pulled itself forward into a totally different industry it's so interesting to me so true but when you're branding yourself it's a lot harder isn't it doing work for yourself you can never actually decide <laughs> what you want to do or what's the right thing it's a lot easier when someone comes to you saying I need yeah. to get this out into the world and you're like well you need to do x y and z but mm-hmm. when it's for yourself you're like but I could do this and I could do that but I could look like this and I could look like that and you just <laughs> you end up spinning in circles yeah and definitely probably more inclined to change up your branding here and there and make tweaks and changes a lot more often than you would if it were for a client because we're just we're so attached to it <laughs> so true so what is your favorite part of the design process now as a print designer and then I'm also curious what was your favorite part of the process as a graphic designer I think it's that starting point you know where you you know what the idea is you've got the either the brief like you know you've been given a brief as a graphic designer and you're like okay and then it's getting where does that take me so I would you know quickly you know jot down like six to ten ideas of where that's going to go or what that's going to look like and I think that's true now you know it's almost like designing a whole collection you're like wow that's the idea but I could go this way that way or that way and it's making that 
the choice of what path you're going to go down. And I think, yeah, I think that decision is like, yeah, that's because it moulds the whole whole look, right? I think that's so interesting because often that's the hardest part, right? Like that's <laughs> the, that's the scariest part is like the getting the getting started. Like once you get in it, and then you're in it, and you have a groove. So like I think that that's really interesting that that's the that's the best part of the process for you, and it definitely shows. I mean, you're you're very quick. You definitely put out a lot of work. And um, you're so consistent in your work across the board as well. So maybe there's an ease to it because you know, I feel like you definitely have a handwriting and a style and a brand voice there. And maybe that makes that part of the process a little easier, adapting to a brief or adapting to another style because your voice is so strong already. It's funny because it's everyone keeps saying you've got to find your style, you've got to find your style, you've got to find your style. And I'm like, oh, I, and everyone used to always say, but you have a style. And I'm like, really? Do I? I'm like, I, 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 I to be honest, it was hard for me to even see that. I see it now, um, and, I, and there's and even then, I can refine that more and go, no, that's the direction I want to go in right now. Whether I'll stay like that, I don't know. But right now, I know where I want to be. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny that you don't always know that you've got a style. You need someone else to look in from the outside and say, yeah, you do. Yeah, we get so close to it to our own yeah, work. You are, yeah, yeah, stuck in it. But the other thing I just love is like for me, like downtime is like oh cool I found a pocket of time I'll yeah. sneak into and I always have it all set up ready to go and I'll sneak in and here I am like oh I'll just put that into a repeat like that's actually quite yeah. soothing yeah I agree <laughs> I find it soothing as well <laughs> it's like that's like fun for me yeah it's really I cathartic it, it is so it's like oh I can sneak in another repeat here oh cool Before you know, you've got two or three prints already and it's only like halfway through the day you're like yes <laughs> um so kind of speaking in terms of handwriting style and your brand voice um what have you found to be the thing that kind of cuts through the noise for you and gives you that visibility whether your style or consistency perhaps or whether you're doing the client outreach or where are you finding that you're able to kind of cut through the noise? I think for me it's no, client outreach is my worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hate reaching out to clients. I'm not, I, would, I would never, yeah, I hate, you know, the whole cold call kind of thing. So for me it's more subtly putting it out there and just hoping someone will buy it sort of thing, which is not great. I know I've got to work on that. Um, but, yeah, selling yourself is not, not a strong point for me. It's like mainly just doing, getting the work done um, and consistently doing the work. So the more you do, the better you get, the quicker you get, the easier it gets, um, the more, more knowledge you have and the more um, confident you are. So when those clients do approach, um, I feel confident that I can actually provide them with, with a decent um, outcome. Um, yeah. So I guess for me that, and for me, I I guess Instagram is the only place where I sort of sort of advertise, um, if anything, if you can call it advertising. <laughs> but I am consistent, and I do. Um, I've built up over the last year that I do post. You know, every most days, um, five, at least five or six times a week, I will post. Um, always adding to stories, and and I try to kind of keep it. Um, I, I sort of have a cycle that I build through. You know, of what I do show and and so forth as well, which, um, you know, I suppose if people are consistently coming, they're always going to see something new. It's not just the same uh, same old thing that I'm sort of regurgitating, hopefully. 
I'm trying to post something different each each time and, and I'm not good at not showing my work. <laughs> For someone that had never, I'd never even knew, Insta- I hadn't been on Instagram ever until I sort of started doing this and, and it's really opened my eyes to, you know, all the art out in the world. But um, once you start, you, it's hard not to. You sort of, I'm constantly thinking, even when I'm out walking, oh, that flower's cool. Oh, I'll put that up. Or, um, you know, every, everything's inspiration, right? And everyone takes inspiration from everywhere. So I'm always thinking where, wherever I am, of where it could go, what I can post and and so forth too. Um, and I, as soon as I create work, I get excited about it. And I just, I want other people's opinions on it too. So I can't help but post it. Yeah. <laughs> So it's usually pretty much what I'm working on is what's up there, you know. I'm not very good at keeping under wraps there. It's so amazing to me that you're so consistent on Instagram. I have a really hard time myself um, being consistent. Like I find that I'll be consistent for a good chunk of time and then it kind of falls off. And then I'm consistent for a good chunk of time and then it falls off, Um, especially with stories. And like that's really great Mm -hmm. that you're out there. Do you kind of gather things that inspire you and keep them for later or do you like to post in the moment no I kind of keep a folder of things so like if we've you know the morning down the beach and it's usually me scurrying around in the dunes getting photos of flowers and um so forth while everyone else is having fun um but I guess that is my fun (laughs) crazy lady you know climbing into gardens (laughs) as we walk along the street kind of thing that's me uh, luckily no one's approached me yet for doing that but yep so I do that each time um yeah and I keep a little folder in my you know in your photos app of um you know just inspiration photos or um and studio work so like I'll, I'll bulk down a, a t- set of time and I'll take a bunch of photos of whatever I'm working on and I sit them in a little folder on my phone um and I have them ready to go um so when I don't have anything to post there's always something to post you have something there yeah 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 yeah. Do you have any sort of like flow or way that you go about posting or is it just totally organic and you kind of just post whatever you want whenever you want? No, there's a, there's a fairly set of kind of a formula I have now. Like, you know, I, I go with, um, you know, usually one inspiration lifestyle shot and then it's a work in progress. Then it might be a mock-up. Then it's um, I'm trying to get better with the like, so here's the prints, come on over and actually sign up to the newsletter or come and actually buy some prints because, you know, doing it for the love is getting a little bit old but <laughs> <laughs> would like to make a bit more money. Um, but, no, yeah, so I have a little set of like five kind of things that I sort of rotate, not definitely every time, and I try and highlight the different streams that I'm on as well. So, you know, like if I'm doing a spoonflower collection, I'll kind of, you know, pop that out there and I'll, I'll change it up with, you know, that one's targeted at the makers. So then you've got to look at your different hashtags and so forth there um, of who you're going to be interacting with. And then, you know, the next one will be more targeted to people that I want to come to the online shop and buy prints on itself. Um, yeah. Um, That's great. Yeah. It's great to, to share all the, all the different ways on one platform. You know, I get asked a lot, like, should I have a different account for all of the different things? And that goes back again to what you were saying, how like you have a very strong, I feel brand presence. And I think if you have a strong brand presence or a strong handwriting and you show up consistently, you can kind of share all of the different things under one platform. And I think that that's perfectly fine because it's all going to feel cohesive, you know, because yeah. it's all you. 
totally, totally. I, I don't know. Well, personally, I don't. I don't know how I could. I couldn't manage half a dozen accounts like I know um, others do, and I know you've got a few bouncing around. And I honestly don't know how you do it. But um, yeah, I'm not very good with. I know. I know a lot of other designers are very good with their lists and and planning and all that sort of thing. And I, I try, but you know, I'm not a good student. I really aren't. I'm fairly. I guess what you call organic. So um, yeah. It's, yeah, I, could, I couldn't manage more than one. I really <laughs> I love it. I think it's it's good to see that things work different for everybody and there is no one right way. There's no one best fit and it's just what works best for you. And what works best for you is what's going to bring the right people into your space, I think, right? Hopefully, yeah. Awesome. Well, speaking to all the different channels and streams of income um, that you do, how where would you say since you've gotten started, it's been about three years now. I guess, yeah. Right? I guess, I guess, three years. Yeah, close yeah. to. Yeah. Um, where have you found the most success? In what area, in terms of attracting clients that you enjoy working with? What would you say is your favorite area? Um, I guess. Well, Instagram's where it has been my one platform where it's attracted clients, um, mm-hmm. and I've managed to. Um, gained quite a couple of really lovely clients that way which is really nice um obviously early on I enjoyed best success probably on patent bank um but I don't do as much on there now I think you get you know dribbles here and there but that's quite nice um I think a sort of building one stream at a time you're sort of like well that one's going okay and then I sort of have jumped around a bit but I think now it's seeing the print sales um increasing which is um probably the best so far i think like money wise definitely yeah yeah that's great have you noticed that there's a bit of an uptick as we're moving forward here yeah definitely in the last couple of months i've seen a lot lot more though this past month has been a little bit down again so it it is so up and down i don't know whether you can really um it'd be nice to to go right i'm definitely think get you know this amount each each month would be nice um, to, to have yeah. that guarantee, but I guess there is no guarantee, is there? Yeah, it was really nice before to be able to kind of gauge what you knew mm-hmm. what was going to come in every month and by doing audits, and now it's just all over the place. Like There's just no rhyme or reason, and there's no specific season. That's no. all over the place as well. I, I so. think since 2020, you just can't. There's no predictability. Um, so it does feel like more of a scramble. Um, hopefully that settles down and we can get back into a bit more of a, a predictable pattern because I think obviously that everyone could use, a, use that a little bit more, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe absolutely. Just... Hopefully 2022. <laughs> <laughs> in that for a little while. <laughs> it's been um, a doozy this year. How many streams of income or how many channels even, not even necessarily streams of income, but how many channels do you focus on at one time? Like I know you said you wanted to get one established before you move on. What do you think is kind of like the max where you feel like there's a nice balance, there's a nice rhythm in your design, and then the sales and marketing aspect? Mm. It's funny. I I guess I focus on um, three or four different streams, so basic freelance work, then I guess it's patent banks still a little bit, print sales through my online shop and print book, and um, then a few Spoonflower sales. Now, Spoonflower I hadn't shown much focus on until this year because 
I wasn't sure I really wanted to be on there or what I wanted to do with it. In the past, I'd sort of more uploaded things that I wanted to print myself and make, um, you know, like push-ins or things at home or to, to see swatches of um, of some prints that I needed to colour test and things like that. So um, it wasn't until this year that I really started to focus a bit more on that and I've definitely seen a rise since I've, you know, gone, okay, let's, what do I want to put on there? That's what I want to focus on. Um, and so that has definitely increased, uh, which is really good to see. Um, and plus it drives a bit more traffic for other um, clients, custom client work. Um, oh, it does. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's attracted uh, a couple of little clients um, which are doing more um, kids' homewares and things like that, uh, which, are, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, they don't necessarily want to buy the spoon file stuff, but they see the collections on there and they're like, I like that style. I want to work what with can you, you do yeah. for me? Yeah, yeah. So okay. it's going to be freelance work, which is nice. That's really great. So have you found, um, I think we spoke about this briefly a while back, but um, Spoonflower is kind of opening up the type of fabrications that they're offering now as well, right? Or have they been offering swim fabric for a while? No, Swim's been out for a while. Um, so there's some nice little makers on there that are um, they're after something a bit more unique, um, which they're getting from the artists on there, I think. So, uh, yeah, no, there's a huge variety of fabrics on there, which is really cool, actually. Um, yeah, but they are, I think they're, they're expanding again still. So um, well, I guess we'll see. We've just got to watch it and see where it goes, really, What, that, how that helps us or not. I don't know. As artists, it's a very big platform and it's very easy to get lost on. So I don't think um, you can think that you'd put a few patterns on there and have, you know, winning successes, really. You've, you've got to drive it. You've got to drive it. And how yeah. would you say... As opposed, because in my experience, obviously, when I got started, Spoonflower, it was like, you know, for fat quarters and quilters <laughs> and kind of home home interiors, right? And now it's kind of a little bit of everything. So how would you say if somebody wanted to kind of get in the Spoonflower right now, would you recommend it in terms of like just kind of putting some stuff out there and seeing what works for apparel, to kind of test things out or what would you recommend in terms of like when you say you have to drive it like what does that look like well you've got to know your target so I, I think because I went on there really blind <laughs> at the beginning just putting a couple things that I, I personally liked or whatever on there it, you need to know who you're selling to so um, you've got to know your target market I think with it there's a lot of uh, young kids brands um, you know a lot of baby brands on there huge um, so if you um, have done your research I guess and I guess Instagram's probably your best place to sort of look at what brands they are those little makers are on there and they're not just little makers you know they're, they're ordering yards and yards of fabric which you can get um, you know as a passive income so why not but I think you've got to go in going look my target is you know like um, girls girls and probably swim or it's um babies um or it's wallpaper you know you I think you've got to pick your little little niche um and just go with that and really make friends with those little makers as well um you've got some some sellers on there that are making a lot of money and they are very successful and then they're, they're not just selling to um the spoon flower makers they're then licensing those patterns out to other brands as well so they're, they're selling on a couple of platforms with the one 
one sort of um, pattern and they don't have to be fancy, fancy patterns either. You know, a lot of them that are doing very well are very simple patterns. You know, I'm talking like one, two color prints uh, with, you know, a that seems to be what everybody's gravitating toward at the moment. Yeah. And maybe they, they like that and maybe that fits in with the rest of their collection. Maybe they do have a um, one hero print in their collection and they want to match it with, um, you know, a, just a really basic leopard or a spot or something like that. And then they can get that from either the designer there or straight from Spoonflower. So it's just opened up, you know, another avenue for, for brands as well. For, and for designers. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I think that's so um, interesting to hear and really exciting too like if you're just getting started right now to kind of know that you have a lot of options to create those different channels of selling your work and test things out in different places and see what's sticking yeah totally awesome so for you for going forward since in in my opinion like graphic design was kind of your career and now you've kind of moved over like this is it like you're in love you're here I am yeah. So do you see kind of more interest in continuing down the path of becoming like a studio? Do you like running it on your own? Do you see it kind of the Jack Slade studio kind of growing? What are your plans for future? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, at the moment, um, I'm fairly content with it, how, you know, just being with me. Um, and I think I want to develop more along the brand lines and maybe, yeah, the studio. I'm happy to have it running with selling prints um, as they are. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I really see it, you know, increasing that way, but I don't know. I guess you can never say never, can you? But, um, yeah, I think just keep going as it is um, and, yeah, hopefully developing the brand more. Um, and as you say, that signature style, really, I would love to really um, hone in on that. And, you know, brands come to me for that style. I think after being a graphic designer for so long that you're always doing everybody else's work. You know, yeah. you're always doing, and I know as a, as a designer you are, but I would love to be the designer where they come to me for what I want to put out there in the world you know that's a bit of a pipe dream but you know um I know you when working with brands you're always going to be you sort of working with them to a degree but it would be you know how cool would it be to be like you know that's your art and they want it you know they don't want you to just go out there and make purple cats or something because their aunt likes purple cats like just what you get like with you know other random graphic design briefs you get like well you know I'm setting up this company and you know you're doing it to to mold to their needs but it would be nice for them you know to to flip it you know they come to you for for your particular work yeah that's the dream right to have someone come to you and say what would you do for our line that's what we yeah. want to see yeah. rather yeah. than here's here's what we need <laughs> yeah yeah more of a collaboration of like yeah. we love that how would you make that work on and I'm not, and I don't want to be limited to just um, you know fashion, which I, I, I absolutely love working with fashion clients. Um, but I think there's so much more out there. You know, if someone wanted to, I don't know, put it on a chair or a lamp or a cushion or whatever, you know, like why not? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, it's funny, once you kind of transition over into the love of print design, you see it everywhere, you think about it all the time, you wonder what things would look like with your art on it everywhere you go, you kind of just want to surround yourself in prints, you dream, you dream about them, you, you think about them when you're trying to fall asleep, you have an idea, <laughs> I mean, it kind of just consumes you, yeah. <laughs> it is true, it is all day, every day, isn't it? You don't, your brain doesn't switch yeah. off, and I don't know how you get that switch off point, but maybe that's when you, you love what you're doing, so it is all the time, and that, yeah, it's not work, so what is work and what's not work, you know, there's no, I don't know, it's hard to, to know when they do stop, um, but yeah, because it is all the time. <laughs> Yeah. It's, I think it's kind of a beautiful place to be with your career to like, I know people say like, you should have that. You shut the door, you leave the room and the work and life balance. But I feel like if you love what you do so much, like, I think it's fine to take it with you into your life, you know? Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you had to, I like to ask this question, like if you were talking to Jackie just getting started three years ago and had that like one bit of advice that you would give to somebody just kind of transitioning over into whether apparel print design or print design or surface pattern design in general, what would be your like number one tip? Oh, pick your market. Design with a purpose. I know that's yeah. hard to say when you're trying to find yourself, but if you know that market and you really, you design literally just for that and you pick up or, you know, really, really understand those clients or the customers, you know, of those clients, I guess, even better, then you're going to create more successful designs because they have a purpose. Yep. Um, yeah, that's what I probably should have done. But, you know, anyway, here we are. I think I think you're doing pretty good. It's <laughs> all winging it, really. Yeah, I feel like we're all just winging it all the time. <laughs> Whether you're in a new space or an old space or wherever you are, um, and I think that there's nothing wrong with that. Just juggling all the things all the time, you know, like. Whether it's, you know, everyone's got stuff to juggle and it's just, I don't know, juggling the kids, the life, the house, the the work and, yeah. Yeah. It's just a juggle. It is. It is. Don't let the plates fall, right? And keep <laughs> yeah. spinning, How many can you get them at one time? <laughs> <laughs> it's so like that all the time. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for joining me. It was really lovely to chat with you. And I hope everyone loves hearing about your backstory and all of the things that you're doing. And why don't you let everyone know where they can go find you and follow you and check out all your stuff? Oh, it's been really lovely to chat. Even if hopefully it all made sense to people, I tend to ramble. Um, you can obviously see me over at Instagram at Jack Slade, um, or you can see my website at jackslade.com. Uh, yeah, and that basically gives you all the links to every, everywhere where I've got things and prints and designs, yeah. All right, well, awesome. Thank you for joining me. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Leslie. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Print Life Podcast. If you want to learn more about what I think is the number one key to finding your unique place in the industry, finding your unique clients, and creating a sustainable business that has buyers coming back to you again and again, head on over to whitebuffalostudio.com forward slash free training. See you next time.